This is 104 to 107 SAFM leading the conversation. It is 12th after 4 a.m. A beautiful morning to you and yours. Um, just to let you know, our WhatsApp line is down. So if you're trying to access us through our WhatsApp line, please um Take all the com- uh, all the commentary rather to Twitter and find us on at SAFM Radio. Speaking of Twitter, uh, we will be looking at the hashtags trending on Twitter for the past seventy two hours and helping us unpack the hashtags is Doctor Mickey, who's on the line and is our social commentator. How are you doing this morning, Doctor? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? And thanks for having me. I am well, thanks. Um, very interesting hashtags that are trending currently. We're looking at the likes of Bushiri, uh, Angie Motecha, as Kukune, and Royal AM, Fatherhood, as well as Sam Yu. Let's start off with uh, Bushiri. Now, allegedly, uh, he has been in and out of the country because of his trial pertaining to the embezzlement of money through the church. Um, first question I'd like to ask is why haven't the Hawks been keeping an eye on Bushiri's movement. Um, what would you say, in your opinion, is is the reason for that? Uh, I think the problem is bigger than the Hawks because South African borders are kind of porous and they affect issues of policing and they affect on how the law can be enforced. So it's difficult to... to, uh, to to establish whether somebody has been moving between South Africa and Malawi because you can mm-hmm. actually travel between these countries without a passport. You can easily go to those borders and bribe officials, or you can just pass through a fence that is being cut by these people moving between these countries. So I think the uh, majority of people who are in South Africa without papers are using that route, and I don't think Bushiri is unable to also take advantage of the what would you say has been the delay uh, on his case uh, since Malawi has uh, granted uh, the extradition? I think uh, the, the, the process is still underway. Uh, the issue now is Bushire has been trying to challenge the extradition and I think there are issues that still need to be ironed. And I'm sure once uh, uh, the, the law in, in, in Malawi has taken its course and they're quite sure that all the loopholes have been closed, I think it, is, it will be time that he comes to South Africa. But at the moment, although I think I don't think there's been a final say on the extradition process and it's something that has been decided, although there are positive news that Malawi is kind of complying with South Africa that Bushiri must come to South Africa to face the law, but there is no final word in terms of how the arrangement should be. Mm. And would you say that would be uh, some of the matters that would need to be ironed out? I believe you said that in your commentary. Yeah, I, I think so, because uh, I think the issue that Bushiri has been in South Africa, it's not even a really big issue because if he still has to be extradited and once that has been finalized whether he has been here or there it's not an issue because there would be a a, a legal issue on his face that he would need to attend to and once that process has been finalized 
the issue that she's been in South Africa is immaterial because we all know that the South African borders, whether to Zimbabwe, to Botswana, to Lesotho, are very, very poor. So the the final thing that could pin Bushiro on this issue is if we finalize the extradition process and he comes to South Africa legally in compliance with the Malawian law and South African law to come and face the music. Mm, mm. I think we can move on to the next hashtag, which is uh, the Angie Mutecha hashtag. Now, uh, is the minister making the right call in opening schools under uh, level three lockdown? I, I think it's a tricky decision because uh, they don't want to lose the academic year. The complications of losing the academic year are quite fast, as much as the r- rising. COVID-19 cases, I think they are in between a hard place, between a rock and a hard place, mm. because if they close the schools and discover later that uh, actually COVID-19 wasn't really a big issue, they could have handled it differently. It's going to kind of cause some sort of a crisis on their behalf. Mm. But I think the issue here is that she is pushing for the teaching staff and the students and the learners to be vaccinated. And I think that's the right step in the direction. But the issue is South Africa has different variants of the of the virus and there are people who get reinfected even after vaccines. So it's going to be challenging in that regard because even the vaccine can guarantee that COVID-19 won't spread in schools. And, and at the same time, we'll see if the EFF will to their words because they said they would give them Anissa seven days. She doesn't close schools. They are going to take to the streets. So something that to look up to. Uh, the decision is also quite tricky on ministers' behalf because uh, it's it's just something difficult to handle because I think a majority of people agree that it makes sense that schools continue. But are we having good facilities to um, administer vaccines swiftly as they are planning to do. The answer is probably no. There. Our healthcare system is quite weak, but it's something that would look forward to and look how it's going to unfold in the next two to three months. Mm. Um, I think we can look into the next hashtag, which is uh, Skukune, as well as Royal AM. Um, the first question I'd love to ask is, how uh, do you feel that the court ruling has affected Royal AM, given that they are on the short end of the receiving stick? I, I think it's quite unfortunate, but it's this the type of thing that common in, in, in football, that Polokwane uh, City violated procedures of the game when they did not have at least five players who were under the age of 23. And whether the PSL was kind of right to dock points, three points from Polokwane City and award them to Sukukuna FC, it's quite very strange. But I think Royal uh, Royal MA might have a good case in court to prove that maybe uh, Bolokwane City should have actually forfeited the points rather than give, taken the points and given to Baroka, I mean, to Skukune FC. So, and the case is also a little bit tricky because I think on behalf of PSL, their decision has been very hasty. You cannot award Skukune FC the championship if the matter still stands before court because they are aware that the, the matter has been appealed, has been taken on appeal. So what if the court says 
they they challenge the joint spec high high court ruling and say maybe we need, we did now to take the championship from Sikukune, maybe give it to Real AM, and that's going to create a lot of complications because they are now the playoffs are already underway, and PSL should have waited for this matter to be completely finalized before taking any decisions. But at the same time, one could argue that maybe they are confident because normally this type of cases would always be would always be on on the team such as Tukukuni FC because there's a clear violation of rules by Polokwani City and whether the decision to talk points was was correct, it's something that the court will have to will have to explain to us. Mm. Um, I think uh, we're going to take a short break uh, just to digest everything that was said. And then when we get back, we're going to be looking at more of uh, the conversation around um, the two uh, soccer teams as well as fatherhood and uh, the SAMU um conversation around the strike plan because of the salaries being frozen. But for now. Trending news right now. On the line, we have Dr. Miki, and he's helping us unpack uh, some of the hashtags trending in the past 72 hours. We are looking at as Kukuna as well as Royal AM. And um, doctor, I'd like to ask you, how do you feel uh, the PSL's decision-making will set a precedence for future cases as this is quite one of the firsts of its kind, you know, to surface to uh, the forefront of the conversation? As I've said, I think the decision for now has been hasty, especially in terms of realizing that the the, the law, I mean, the matter still before court, and they decided to award and proceed with the playoffs. And it's going to be kind of difficult and create a very big crisis if the court says uh FC should not be given championship, it would mean that uh, the teams such as Chippa United and that are, are participating in the in the in the term, in the playoffs might also want to take the PSL to court should everything not go well because if one team that wins the playoffs and later the playoffs would be rendered null and void by maybe the Supreme Court of Appeal uh, that would create a very, very big crisis. But I think at the same time, one would say that the PSL is kind of uh, very, uh, very on, they're kind of confident because uh, they have an upper hand in terms of what happened between Sukune FC and Polokwane FC. They have said mm-hmm. they feel that they did not have at least five players who are under the age of 23 on the match day. on the, And that is a violation of PSL rules and that of FIFA. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of solid on the PSL side. And I think they have a chance of winning the case even at the Supreme Court of Appeal. And But it's kind of tricky that they decided to, to award the championship and proceeded with, with the playoffs. Mm. 
From sport to film, um, let's look at the hashtag fatherhood. Uh, this ties in well with uh, yesterday's celebrated day, which is Father's Day. Um, in your opinion, Doctor, uh, how does this movie um, bring forth a positive image of fatherhood to South Africa as a society? I think uh, issues of uh, fatherhood are quite of complicated because there are a lot of issues that comes into what it means to be a father and what context one is a father because uh, I think the first and foremost, the film is trying by showing that there are actually fathers who are trying to take their full responsibility in terms of raising their children, whether in the presence or in the absence of the mother. Uh, but in South Africa, we have a crisis of masculinity and that has affected how fatherhood uh, spans out because a uh, majority of black men, for instance, have been manipulated by the system of white supremacy and they are violated by the system. And once you are violated and you don't have the medium to express the violence, normally the next thing that the next object of frustration is going to be the family and how you become a father. And I think the majority of fathers in South Africa are within that space where they have, they actually have been violated by the system, but instead of challenging the system or finding mediums to express their anger, they tend to express it on their families. Yeah. Next of things. Mm. Mm. Um, and, um, I think we can jump straight into the last hashtag for the day, which is uh, Sam Ewan. This is the conversation around uh, the local government workers planning a strike over the salary freeze. Now, uh, the first question I'd like to ask you, Doctor, is what will the strike, um, or how rather, would the strike affect the everyday South Africa? Because uh, they are crucial to our society and the everyday movement of the country. I think it's going to be kind of effective for the country because if they go on strike, many services by the municipality are going to be affected. And the third part is I personally do not feel that the government should be frozen because I don't think where austerity measures should take place. Uh, South Africa does not have issues of a public wage bill. I don't think that's a major crisis. The major crisis is in how we spend money on tenders, money on over exorbitant prices. For instance, if you check almost every year, 40% of the budget goes on to private capital over charging fees of whichever service that is provided to, gov- uh, to government. So that is where we need to be addressing the problem. I don't think the issues of salaries is, is a major one. Uh, the major one is, firstly, the overcharging of prices by capital. Number two, the wasteful expenditure by government in different platforms of the state. And I think if we deal with these two issues, the issue of salary would will tend to realize that it's, it's not really a major one. But because the ANC runs a neoliberal system, which always have to make the working class pay the heaviest price, 
they are going to proceed with this issue. And unfortunately, the strike might only be the option on the side of the workers. Um, I think you mentioned some um, some really important points, uh, especially with how we can alleviate the problem holistically. Um, I'd like to ask, what were some of the demands made by the workers? I think they are saying they, there has to be a 4,000 increase across border. Mm. And the government feels they, that's a lot of money. And considering how the budget has been structured at the moment, they will have a case. But for me, the issue is at the moment, it's not really the budget. The issue is that of political will and the type of visions the state has in terms of running the country. Because as I've indicated, I do not think that the government's wage bill is the biggest problem because the government in South Africa is the biggest employer. Uh, they just have to make sure that the government does pro- produces the services that it promises to people. And I think the majority of our problems are going to be solved. And we have to look after our money. Because there's no point in saying that you want to cut $60 billion out of the public wage bill, but you're still wasting money through tenders and through overcharging of fees. By, by by capital, that doesn't really make sense because we are going to be rounding in the same place. Mm, those are beautiful points. I think lastly, I'd like to double into the issue of having um, independent facilitators now. As the government and um, the union communicate, uh, there was the inclusion of the independent facilitators. I would like to understand what is the discomfort around that? What would their purpose be essentially? I think since there is a deadlock between the two parties, the government and the workers or the unions, uh, they feel like a a third mediator is going to kind of ease the tensions between the two parties. But I don't think I don't think that is the situation because there are two problems on the both side of the coin. Firstly, workers feel like their salaries have to be argumented in line with inflation and the government reneged on a 2018 deal that they will increase their salaries and they didn't. And they went on to uh, implement austerity measures. And at the same time, the government feels that they do not have money. And had they had money, they would actually increase the salaries of the workers. So the, the, the role of independent and mediators is trying to find middle ground between the two parties, but I don't think they have the capacity to do so because the government is convinced that they needed to save the money. And one of the ways to save the money, as Tizon Bowen has emphasized, is to cut the wage bill. And now the workers have to find other ways of convincing the state in terms of, or the government in terms of getting their increase because at the moment it's going to be difficult and that's where they feel like the mediators can, can bring some some new angle to the situation, which I don't think is necessary, really. Mm. Wow. Um, Solution-driven conversation. You most definitely brought that to the fort, Doctor. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks for having me.